I forget how we do this now because ever since we didn't have a cold open or ever since we do have a cold open, it's very difficult to actually start a show off on like an excited note. This week, we're doing a little deviation from our regular future chat in that we're not going to talk about a bunch of different stories necessarily. Uh, There's been something that's been kind of itching at me for a while, and it's kind of heavy, but I think it's very interesting. And I think like I'm interested to get your guys perspective on it. Basically wanting to talk about like obviously the show is about the future of kind of technology and science. And I feel like there's something going on in the world of technology that is detrimental, like self-detrimental. And uh, so I'm very intrigued to to talk about that for a bit. We might, we're going to try, we're going to see how this goes, but we might focus on that topic for the majority of the show. But, uh, but first, Mike, you have a few things you want to follow up on. I do. We talked last week about AlphaGo and we can with great sadness slash excitement depending on what side you're on <laughs> say that uh AlphaGo won the final match yeah uh and it looks like it was another form of you know come back from a mistake mm-hmm. so so the, the story was that it sounded like AlphaGo made a mistake and then had to claw its way back mm-hmm. um which it finally did and it went into overtime so it kind of just shows that even if it does make a mistake it can still come back yeah. And and again, we don't know what definition of mistake they're using because if it's just something they didn't count for in the code or you didn't see far enough ahead or that kind of thing, we don't know what what cons- constitutes a mistake, but it's it's Yeah. I think it's the kind of thing that we would attribute like a human would attribute it as a mistake because it was something the commentators of a game would go and go, "Ooh, why do you make that move?" And right. maybe the computer saw something that didn't pan out later, but it, yeah, or it just could be a bug. That kind of yeah. thing happens all the time. Yeah. So anyway, it, it won its final game, so it's another triumph for AI, and we're one step closer to the singularity, so I guess that's <laughs> good news. Yeah. Um, and in other news, completely unrelated, there's a new ISP in Alberta. Um, really? They're actually, they're actually not just in Alberta. They're in a couple couple of places let me and i'm pretty sure this is the one that keeps popping up in my facebook feed as a sponsor <laughs> that makes uh, sense a sponsored link uh yeah so they're in alberta ontario quebec and bc really and they piggyback off of various companies infrastructure and maintenance services so in alberta specifically they're using the shaw network Mm-hmm. And they offer 15, 20, 30, and 60 um, megabit per second cable. So it's not fiber optic or anything. It's just standard cable. Okay. I think there's other. But, yeah. So whereas uh, Ontario, they have DSL and FTTN, which I'm Isn't not sure. Hybrid fiber FTTN. Is it? Oh, okay. I'm yeah. not familiar with that term before. It's fiber to the whatever. So in this case, I think it's network. So the fiber optic, the network is fiber optic, but then Uh, it's cable into your house. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, So that one, they offer 6, 15, 25, and 50 megabit per second levels. Um, The uploads are fairly small comparatively. Right. They're they're nothing, they're not non-standard. We'll put it that way. Sure. And the price is fairly competitive. 
Um, their 30 megabit per second level for Alberta isn't too bad. It's 30, 30 down, five up, no cap, no data cap, no contracts for 45 bucks a month. So that's fairly reasonable. Yeah. Cause I believe we're on 65 or so for 25. Right. Um, but it's cable, it's not fiber optic, and it has the same downfalls as the tech savvy service where they're relying on, you know, non in house techs yeah. to maintain the network. So, you know, it's a trade off, but if you're looking to save a couple bucks, then it might be something worth trying out anyway. And if there's no contracts, then it's kind of a no lose because you're not you're not signing up for anything long term, so you can always opt out if you're not finding it's not working for you. Right. And and more competition is always better. So and it's it's interesting because I guess before we talked about how these companies don't actually have an obligation to allow for other companies to piggyback on their, their infrastructure. Uh, that was a whole issue that was being fought with the, I guess, CRTC mm-hmm. between, and then she kind of chimed in and so did Jim Watson and they kind of were picking sides in that sense. Uh, whereas kind of in relation to allowing for competition versus keeping it a monopoly. Right. Uh, so it's good to see that even without regulation saying they have to, they're still allowing these companies are allowing other companies to, to use their network. Um, yeah. Interestingly, they have not only internet, but they have bundles of TV and phone service too, like home phone service. Yeah. And, and again, I'm assuming they're, they're using yeah. the other, the same network. So mm-hmm. this company is called V media, www.vmedia.com. I think. Right. Is it.com? Yeah. .ca. Oh, .ca, sorry. vmedia.ca. And so, yeah, check it out. See if there's anything that's worth looking at and try it out and let us know how it works out for you, I guess, because yeah. I'm always curious. It looks like they also have their their own media box you can get. Yeah. Yeah. For their TV streaming. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, and it's an Android TV. Like it's, there's okay. actually, it's running okay. Android. So it's just a, I guess, customized version of the android tv right like the one we talked about a couple weeks ago uh not the same well it's it uses the same device but the system is different like the one we were talking before is still an android tv but it's modded to a hook into those services Uh, whereas this one is just an android tv modded to have a certain look for it but it still uses the same android tv functionality right uh so nick is this something that you'd be looking at because you're with tech savvy right now i am with tech savvy yeah I, I how does this at, compare uh not as favorably based on oh really internet speeds and prices as far as what oh, i okay. as far as what i saw anyway okay hmm. interesting they do look close but yeah i agree tech savvy is a little better okay slightly better to the max <laughs> <laughs> that's all you really need yeah and uh, so the last piece of follow-up here is where Netflix had been blocking the VPN and uh, DNS masking services. They have come out and said, yeah, that's just how it is, and we're not going back. So unfortunately, if you're holding out and saying, well, maybe they'll renege or they'll slowly kind of turn a blind eye, it looks like they're actually holding to their commitment to make sure that content is being streamed legally and within the confines of the copyright uh deals that they have in various countries yeah 
uh, their direct quote is, we have the obligation to respect the content rights that we buy. It's just a simple fairness thing. Someone else has paid for the rights in Germany, so we should respect that just as we would expect the same in return. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming with that, he's talking about the Netflix original content because otherwise that quote wouldn't make sense. Right. Because that's the only content that Netflix actually owns, I guess. Otherwise, they're just licensing the yeah, content. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I've noticed a lot of Netflix originals lately. I don't yeah, know if you guys have. There's like every every almost every time I log in, there's a new Netflix original featured on their main page. So that makes it sound like you don't log in that often. <laughs> I, what I mean is nightly, there's a different featured. One oh, really? On oh. There. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, like yeah, there's like this last time there's like a Netflix original Pee Wee Herman movie. Yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah, so it's like every and our new series or a new comedy special, whatever it is, is always right. like new Netflix original. So, um, yeah, I've, that, that's what I mean. Like normally it would be the same one. Okay. It was like Orange is the New Black is featured for like a month. Yeah, yeah, but this time it's like every at least every other day there's a new a new show or a new movie or something like yeah. that. So, season uh, two of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, I believe, is coming out in mid April. Was that an original too? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I tried. We tried Flaked. And didn't really get into it. Okay. The new Will Arnett show. Yeah. Uh, we tried Love. Didn't really get into that one. I heard that one takes a while. I, l- I watched the first yeah. few episodes of it. Okay. Like both Flaked and Love, we didn't even get through the first episode. Like we just know what type of show we're looking for. Yeah. But whereas Master of None, we both almost liked it instantly. Yeah. So it's, I think it depends what type Aziz of show. Aziz is but. so charming. You can't not like it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> But see, that's why I thought I like the Flaked because it has Will Arnett and I yeah. liked him in Arrested Development. But I think it's a different type of show than Arrested Development was. Right. It's, I don't know. But I don't know. The, if if you're looking for something, you'll usually find something that you like in sure. the Netflix originals. Even yeah. if it's Fuller House, like that's on there too. So <laughs> Another original. Shot, Another original, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's all the follow-up that I have for this week. I don't know if you guys had anything you well, wanted to, yeah. to bring up. Nick, you had a story here that you said you wanted to talk about involving Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, right. Yeah, no, because you, I was asking if we were doing it on Sunday. He said, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Well, uh, when I was a kid, I'd get a, I'd get a ride to school from my parents. And when I was in high school, we would always drive past this one church. And on the billboard out front of the church, they had Sunday colon and then the title of the uh, sermon that they were going to do. Okay. So whenever the new sermon title came out, I would just launch it at Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> the, and, the, you know, uh, the value, sermon title, the value of family, blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> Be there or be atheist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure your family didn't get sick of that at all. No, actually. Yeah. Find it quite a lot of laughs out of it. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. I, what is that even originally from? Like what event? I assume it's a sporting event or something. Monster truck rally. Monster trucks. Okay, okay. Come on, Rob. I've never been to one. I'm sorry. You don't have to beat one. You just see the commercials. I guess. Yeah, I I guess you're right. I uh, Yeah. Are, do they happen on Sundays? Is that a thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Stereotypically, anyway. 
Fair enough. In and if theory, we're gonna, it could happen any day of the week. But. If we're going to talk about monster truck rallies, we're going to need to be a bit stereotypical. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, well, I guess if that's it for follow-up, we need to uh, need to move on to the meat of the show. And I think normally what we do is not, I don't want to say speculative, but a couple of steps above speculative where we're kind of just giving our own thoughts and not really being super informed be, just because of the nature of like us not being necessarily involved in industries directly. Obviously, there are exceptions like when we talk about drilling or oil and, and Mike has some very informed uh, stuff to talk about. But in this case, I'm not involved. I Like I know almost nothing about like the stock market and the economy and the kind of inner workings of the economics of tech companies. Yeah, what we're just screwing know, around Rob? here. <laughs> do, do you guys know about the economics of like major corporations? Well, I know I mean, enough to BS mean? my way through it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, what, what's your definition of economics here? Because really, the definition of economics is it's all about choices. Yeah. It's not necessarily the stock market sure. or yeah. financials. It's just it's the science of decision making, as I understand yeah. it. Right. Rob, have you ever watched? You've watched Shark Tank before, right? I've seen it. I don't really like it. And like, you yeah. might have seen you might have seen our next prime minister. <laughs> oh, God. Um. So I, on that show, they always talk about future value and cash flow and X, you know, they have various metrics to define how much a company is worth and if mm-hmm. they're worth investing in. Okay. And that's kind of the basis for, for economics in the sense that you're talking about where people are speculating just as much as we're speculating on their speculation. Sure. And they're, they're taking risks and it's a calculated risk and hoping it pays out. Yeah. So when you see, you know, no name companies with no revenue and almost no product getting sold for a billion dollars, which is literally what you're seeing these days, mm-hmm. that those are people taking a risk, a gamble essentially on these companies that are supposed to in the future be worth a certain amount. So that's one type of risk. And then you have the ones that actually have revenue, have a customer base, whatever, and then you can actually kind of calculate it a bit more and come up with a better certainty on their success, but it's still a gamble right in a sense right and and i think in in the tech world is a lot more heavily weighted on the i think what they call them are unicorn sides okay where like i think a company being called a unicorn is essentially they're so they're supposed to be kind of the next google type thing yeah so people throw money at them for like absolutely no reason except for that they hope that they're going to do well Mm-hmm. yeah so the thing that like always gets me thinking about this is the fact that you always hear from companies like google or apple or closer to home things like rogers or i, I think rogers is what you hear the most about where people say oh yeah of course like a company like apple is making billions of dollars every quarter but if the amount they're growing isn't growing like we're talking about the second derivative here of growth like they have to be not only growing as a company and making more money but the growth also has to be growing or else they've they've failed and like they're not going to do well in the market and i and i see the same thing with rogers where if they're not they can't just be gaining subscribers or keeping the subscribers they have happy they have to be 
making more money per customer and they have to be growing in customers and like it just seems like the obsession with that and i'm not i'm not sure exactly like obviously if the stock of a company is going to go up its investors are going to make money and the company is going to make more money but it just, it seems like such a weird thing to demand that kind of growth acceleration out of these already massive companies just for some real time follow up the f- official definition of a unicorn is a startup company valued at over 1 billion dollars okay so it it actually doesn't really relate to their potential for success but it's kind of like if they're valued at over a billion chances are people but are hoping that if, but it, and it's a startup yeah so so uh, all of the big companies were startups at one point. So I guess right. it does, it kind of has to do with acceleration because you, if you can be worth, be valued at a billion dollars before someone considers you not a startup anymore, you've obviously grown pretty quickly. Like Google isn't a startup anymore, but no. at a certain time they were. So if you cross that threshold where people stop calling you a startup before you cross the threshold of being valued at a billion dollars, then you're a unicorn for that brief period of time. Right. Or am I thinking yeah. about that wrong? I, I don't know. I don't, th- I, there isn't really like there's no a solid definition, definition for a startup. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if like it's, an, or, if it's, an organization formed to search for a repeatable and scalable business model, a business that is typically technology oriented and has high growth potential. Right. So it's kind of like they haven't grown yet, but they're going to grow. Right. So hence the high valuation. As long as you don't define a startup as a company that's worth less than a billion dollars. Right. No, I, that, that, that yeah. wouldn't be the definition. Yeah. But um, back back to your question about the stock market and the demand for growth. Mm-hmm. You're, you're saying it's unfair to expect these already large companies to continue growing? I'm not saying it's unfair. I'm saying they shouldn't. I don't think personally that they should be devalued or or kind of thought of as less good just because their growth isn't growing right well yeah like eventually a market gets saturated right, right. and and that's what's no, happening right now right in canada well yeah and there's the was it an android central or mobile syrup article i think that, it was mobile syrup yeah about how companies like mobile carriers are now just trading yeah customers they're not that they're not gaining new ones they're just trading them because yeah we're probably at saturation now where if you're an old customer then you die and a new customer comes and takes your place right or you're just trading so the net customer base isn't growing yeah and there really isn't a way to con- like reignite that growth except to offer more products and yeah. then grow that right but as far as the subscribers period you're not going to gain new subscribers you have to offer your subscribers more services and more right. products it's also much easier to turn a profit if you just informally collude with yes. your competition <laughs> and offer like exactly the same packages for exactly the same price. Right. And so now the obsession becomes once you hit that kind of saturation or near saturation, it becomes a, a process where you're now trying to extract more money from each person that is a customer of yours already. And so you offer different services or you like slowly increase your prices. Uh, like you even see this with restaurants where if you're making a certain amount of money as a restaurant, if you make your portions 10% bigger and charge 10% more, you're going to make a little bit more money because you can buy in bigger scale. And to the point that I now can't eat, like I don't want to trying to stay, trying to keep the weight off that I have lost in the last eight months. 
I'm trying like I can't go to a restaurant and eat a full meal or I'll be way too full because right. portion sizes have just like you, portion size and prices have like doubled in the last 10 years. You know what you can also do is make your portions 10 percent smaller and charge the same. Yeah. And, yeah. and some and places com- do that. Yeah. And some places do that. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, I can't actually verify this because I have gotten a lot bigger in the intervening time. But it seems like when I was maybe 18, donuts, like a Tim Hortons, were much bigger. <laughs> and now they're just like, it's almost like the size of a Timbit, just with a hole in the middle. They really seem small. I don't know if that... that there's a, uh, whatchamacallit, that there's a name for that, that psychology, okay. where like everything seemed bigger when you were smaller. Right. Just both lack of being able to actually remember and then also just the fact that you were smaller so mm. things seem bigger but i wasn't literally smaller when i was 18 i was like i'd fully grown to the same height i am now it's, but then that might just be poor memory yeah i have the same thing with uh big macs so okay there's that yeah i just remembered them being much yeah. bigger than they are now <laughs> if if you ask any adult how big wagon wheels are Every adult would be like, oh, I don't know, maybe like that big. Yeah. And then they see one and they're like, that's small. And it's like, <laughs> well, what the heck? And but it's like when you eat wagon wheels, you're probably like seven years old. Right. So it like feels giant in your hand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very odd Again, thing. Phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> but so it, it comes down to it. And, and there's talk um, on, on Monday, there's going to be an Apple event where they're expected to launch um a very old design of an iphone in a small shape but with kind of you know newer a newer camera everything upgraded inside slightly rounded edges maybe apparently. we'll see i don't i have no <laughs> I confirmation know. of anything now and they're also going to be releasing an upgraded um new ipad which is apparently this is the thing that came out going to start at a hundred dollars more than the current cheapest newest ipad and like the all these big tech companies they now talk about uh average selling price of device and they're trying everyone's trying to maximize the average selling price not only are they trying to increase profits but they're trying to increase the amount that and every individual person spends on average on a thing so if you if you have an ipad lineup and you start at four hundred dollars and then you have sell one for 500, 600, 700, 800, 900. And then you have like the iPad Pro gets into like $1,200 if you go to the like um, right to the top end. You get a lot less satisfaction. You get a lot less bang for your buck if you're selling just a bunch of them at $400 than if you sell yeah. a few at $1,200 because your average yeah. selling price is going to go up. And that means that your investors are going to go, wow, even though they're selling less, the average price of selling price of them is going up. Yeah. And so you're going to make your stocks can go up and you're going to make more money. Yeah. What I find companies do is they'll offer, if they have a line of products, say iPhone is a good example. They'll Mm -hmm. have the 16 gig model, the 64 gig and the 128 gig, right? Yeah. So you have, you know, it's a very simple uh, parameter to have upgraded in a phone that doesn't really justify the increasing cost. Like a 16 to a 64 gig doesn't cost 150 bucks or no. whatever the difference in prices. But because the 16 gig one is just lacking enough for people to go to the next level up. Right. 
but the but the highest level isn't enough to attract the majority mm-hmm. so they'll settle in the middle yeah and then the you know the high rollers who are like oh i don't care about my money i'll buy the highest one and then they'll i don't know why i use a southern accent there but <laughs> we know they'll, they'll they'll buy the highest one and then yeah. like you said that increases the average selling price but they'll offer the lowest one to encourage people to buy the middle one because yeah. like you said if they just offered the lowest one everyone would just buy that one yeah yeah but if they offer yeah. a marginally better for higher price they might be pushed to get that that middle right. one and it, and you also get into the fact that when when Apple did do that, they when they went sixteen gigabyte, sixty four, one twenty eight, every rational person who kind of had had done this before got the sixty four. Like I got right. a sixty four gigabyte one because sixteen gigabytes is painful. Yeah, it and is. so I didn't want like I don't want to go through that again with sixteen gigabytes. Like all my friends who have sixteen gigabyte phones are constantly sitting there like, oh, you know, I, like I can't take a picture or I can't download an app because my phone is full yeah. even and, the pictures yeah. is is fine because you can cloud store them right. but the apps but, was yeah. like super painful to manage yeah. yeah especially when apps are now like 100 megabytes each <laughs> yeah plus yeah i don't i don't understand how that happened but... <laughs> facebook <laughs> even even itunes is only like 100 megabytes on the desktop yeah. and it's this massive app that has to do a thousand different things oh god yeah. i plants versus zombies too is just <laughs> yeah games are really big a monster like my other games aren't that bad but plants vs zombies like geez yeah <laughs> can we briefly discuss how terrible plants vs zombies has gotten in my eyes you can discuss it i have never yeah. played this game. i have no input on that either <laughs> oh man so pop cap came out with plants vs zombies it was a desktop game and you mm-hmm. could get a version for your phone like it was just stellar i was so pleased with it okay but um so they came out with plants vs zombies 2 but this was after ea bought it okay and it came out as a freemium game so like you know you could you could grind your way through but it was doable or if you just didn't want to you could just cheat your way through ish not quite cheap, but yeah, they'd give you I think special they call ability. That, I think Sorry? they call that pay to win is what they, yeah, yeah. they call that. Yeah. But it was like in the beginning, it was actually doable. You could just play through. And if you were willing to try a few times, no problem. You could do it. Yeah. And if you were really stuck, you could use a couple of these abilities that you could either earn by grinding it out or just pay for. Yeah. But it's just a lot of them have gotten to the point where you need to you need to have a reserve of so many special abilities in order mm-hmm. to beat the zombies that it's just I don't find it fun anymore. Let's let, let's talk about apps and how you know people want free apps, <laughs> but they also want good apps and well supported apps. Yeah. But they also don't want ads. Right. Let's right? talk about apps. Let's talk about apps. Let's talk about apps. <laughs> so, so, yeah, what what what's an example of that for you? Let's talk let's go with I don't know what a good example is. I don't think there's necessarily one apps. Let's let okay, let's talk about Facebook as a service versus apps. Because okay. apps are one thing where 
most people are okay with free apps with ads and they'll just live with it. Mm. But something like Facebook or Twitter, where it's a free service, you know, they're, they're tech companies. They have, you know, employees, they have, you know, infrastructure, they have whatever, but they don't, they need some way to generate revenue to continue offering their service. Right. Yeah. So either they need to charge people to use the service or they need to use ads that are shown to everyone and, you know, get a fraction of a cent per person that looks at it. Mm-hmm. And people don't seem to be happy with either one. And they, right. but they complain if the service went away altogether. So is there a solution? Is it a lose, lose, lose situation is what I'm asking. Hmm. Did we talk about ad blockers a couple of weeks ago? We yes. have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause I feel like it was either here or on a podcast I listened to where they talked about ad blockers. <laughs> Possibly both, but I don't know. I might have referenced this earlier, but Planet Money did a podcast on started listening to that. The price of free. Yeah. Um and just people get weird when things are free. Yeah. Like uh you can find a lot of I think it's World War Two vets who really don't like the red cross. And when you ask them why they'll say donuts because that's just a whole big story. What's the story? So, Oh look, Canadian geese (laughs) must be spring ish. They keep going North and then South and then North and then South. It's (laughs) yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks Mike. Um, yeah, so World War II, they had Red Cross, American Red Cross stations where GIs could get coffee and donuts for free. And then, like, other countries showed up, but all, the Red Crosses for all the other countries wasn't as well supported. And so they had to charge a nominal fee, like 10 cents maybe for a cup of coffee and a donut. Okay. And so the... The other countries were livid. They're like, what? What's it? Because, I mean, also in, well, both world wars, the Americans came came into the game like a couple of years after everyone else. Right. And so you're sitting there. You're miserable. You've been fighting for a couple of years. You're paying 10 cents for your coffee and donuts. And then the Americans come in and they, they're getting it for free. And it's not... Like, it shouldn't even be that big a deal, but you kind of lose your mind just a little bit. Okay. And so the, like, the rest of the allies went to the States and went, hey, so uh, our soldiers are basically going to mutiny if you don't start charging more for your coffee and donuts because people are just losing their minds right now. And they're like, okay, we'll charge, like, a nominal fee. So it was basically, I think, a penny. You put a penny in and you got your coffee and donuts, which is still like infuriating for the other people who are paying more. Sure. But at the same time, you took something that was free and you started charging the Americans for it. And the Americans were just flipped their excrement. They did just flipped it. And like they faced such an uproar that they eventually went back to just giving it away for free, but people haven't forgotten. And this to is to this day, people this are still is upset. Way later, 
This is way later. Yes, this is much later than 1945. Yeah. Anyone yeah. who was there has long since retired and lived an entire life, no matter what. Yeah, they're old people. They're old. Huh. Yeah. They're, they're old, but they're still very angry. Are we going to be talking about Twitter going algorithmic and Instagram going <laughs> algorithmic when we're 80 years old? Do you think? Like, we're, is that going to be the thing? One day... And we said, I remember when Facebook just showed you the most recent thing that popped up. It was great. It was, I lived through a golden age and I didn't even appreciate it. Oh, man. So I've learned to appreciate the, for the finer things in life. Pass me the mushy peas. I appreciate those because I don't have teeth anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Advertising and the internet has gotten really weird, especially since ad blockers started coming out. Like, I don't know. I've started every time I get that pop up that says, Oh, there's an ad blocker. Put us on your whitelist and you can see the content. I send a tweet to the site and I'm like, Oh, guess there's another slate story. I'm not going to read. <laughs> like, sorry. And I don't know. I've, yeah. sorry to just cut you off completely. No, but- go ahead. I'll, I'll, I have a second part to the story, but separate i've started when they say like hey consider adding us to your whitelist because money's the thing Mm -hmm. if i look at the at the website and i think they're a reputable source that's fine right it's more like i have ad blockers for when i'm digging deep into the fora for (laughs) solutions on whatever mess i paused on linux that week and then you click a link and they're like a billion pop-ups just right. shooting out at you. And you go, oh, yeah, that's what yeah. ad blocker is really good for. Yeah. Right. And so this week I decided there was this one story on Wired that I really wanted to read. And they did the pop-up thing for like the fourth or fifth time in that week. And I thought, OK, fine. You know what? You win Wired. I want to read this. I keep wanting to read this. That's fine. That's what the whole thing, that's why they do this. Right. And then, so I go and put them on the whitelist and I, everything's set up. I, I refresh the page. The little hand set, like, is a green thumb up. <laughs> everything's good. I, I, I forget. I don't even think I actually see any ads on the page, but the, the ad blocker's off. And I start reading and it pops up again. Add us to your whitelist. <laughs> Yeah, that happened to me too. And so, so it's a, there's a cookie or something saved that they think that I'm uh, still I still have ads blocked because that's probably how they track it. And so I go and I delete all my cache and open the site again. And same thing, I can't I cannot read this story in one piece because it just keeps stopping me. And so I send an email to or a tweet to them with a screenshot like, "Hey, Wired." Uh, I'm on, you're on the whitelist. And I, I made sure to highlight the fact that it actually showed the green thumb up on the page and I uh, still can't access it. So now I don't know what to do. First world problems, really. But yeah, it looked like a really good story, but I, <laughs> I can't read it. Yeah. And there's no reasonable way. I'm not going to be able to give money to every site that asks for it. Yeah. You know what I find even more annoying than that sort of whitelist thing that i completely get but the whole 
modal pop-up thing that wants me to either like their page or subscribe to their email mailing list. How about you let me decide whether or not I like this story first? How about, how about you never send me email because who wants email these days? That's what social media is for. CGP grade subscribers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I like email. What's wrong with email? Mike, you're old. Go home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> okay. But seriously, though, email is direct to you. So if there's something very important you want to be notified of, then I want to email about it. I, I agree with what you're saying, Rob, that just to stay up to date on stuff, chances are social media is good enough. But for, you know, I don't know what a good example would be, but, you know, it, if you it, think it acts- of one, let me know because I don't have one. Like w- when it comes to YouTube videos, like if I want to subscribe yeah. to CGP Grey, yeah, I I have I'm subscribed to him on YouTube and I watch the subscription page. I've never missed a video of his because yeah. I just I completionistly because there's no algorithms. I go to the subscription page and I yeah I see the okay, videos that have come out. Let's let's I'll give an example of, of emails that I get. So when I'm a member of a association, so say with like petroleum engineering, I have you know, membership with their association and they host events that I might want to go to. Mm -hmm. And I want emails knowing what events there are and when they're happening. But A, they don't use social media to keep people up to date like that. But even if they did, I don't want to be notified of every single tweet they do if it's not an event-related email or event-related tweet. Sure. I just want to know about their events. So that's when I'll, you know, be on their mailing list for those types of emails. Right. right. I guess I just don't have anything like that. And right. maybe that's and, by design. Yeah. Maybe like I have podcasts and every time there's a new episode, they come into yeah. my feed. Same with on YouTube. On like RSS is for the news on the internet. I just have no, every email I get that's like a mailing list type thing makes me want to unsubscribe from it when I get it. I just, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. So... This is something I'm going to remember when I'm 60. It's going to be Google Reader. <laughs> I know. It's just. Oh, man. It was amazing. And it's just, it's gone. Yeah. I, I like no other interface as much as I liked Google Reader. I agree. It's also, it's a very similar emotion to the one I feel when I think about the Leafs game seven lost the Bruins. <laughs> When we were up 4-1. <laughs> that was 3-1. unbelievable. Oh, 4-1. You're right. It was, it was incredible in that there's just, there's no credence to it. You, yeah. You just, the Leafs, I'm pretty sure the Leafs, based on statistics, had the most improbable comeback in sports history mm. with one of their Stanley Cups because they were down... I think they were down like 4-1 in the fourth game. And then they went on to sweep the next four. Right. Or, wait. Yeah, four, five, six, seven. Okay. So they went on to sweep to the Stanley Cup. You keep saying 4-1, but I think you mean 3-1. Sorry? It's best out of seven, so they'd be down 3-1, not... No, no, they were down in one game in the fourth game. Yeah. And then they came back to win the fourth and then the fifth, sixth, okay. and seventh. Right. Um, yes. 
but they were de- they were down four one, or they were up four one in the seventh game. Right. right. We all remember that. Huh. I very, don't. Very hard. I yeah, I remember that even. Um, okay, you, you should. It was an amazing game. <laughs> yeah. So, <sighs> Feedly is the service that I've used to replace Google Reader. But Feedly, the silver medal. <laughs> the the thing that Google Reader did that I love so 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 much is that it indexed everything, whether you read it or not. So if I want to, if I was thinking to myself, oh, what's that story that I, I remember something about Dropbox and uh, Amazon and the cloud, I could go and type those words in and it would give me like a chronological list of stories. And to use Feedly, which I do use it, but it costs money every month to get features like the ones that Google Reader had for free. And obviously that that tells you the reason why they stopped google reader because it was costing them a lot of money and although i would think it costs less because technically like google has their google bots combing the internet all the time everywhere so that seems a little weird to me but obviously these things are expensive and so what i might have to do is just go and get a couple months of feedly like see what feedly pro is like and just see because if i could get that back where i can like right now if i have feedly and it's probably by design but if i go and i try to use their search function blocked behind the the paywall i get extremely frustrated i'm just like so if i if i've read something in rss it is just gone now unless i bookmark it it's completely unfindable because i'd have to scroll through hundreds of stories in a given week and so i might just have to go and be an adult and pay for something right but really i just miss google reader because it was it was even better at that no matter how what, good Feedly search is going to end up being, yeah. I know Google can do indexing and search better. What I missed most was it's it would gather data based on what you read and what you clicked and whatnot. Yeah. I love that. And my favorite feature was the that. So yeah. I could go back and I actually managed my RSS subscriptions because I'd look at things and say, you know, this is generating a lot of stories. And I don't read. I don't read any of them. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and like, I, think I could see, might do that. I could see my Science Daily feeds were just a couple of them anyway, like matter and energy or dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. It was always just a hundred percent. Like this thing came out, and you read it within a day. Yeah. Can we? I want to talk about Amazon because you can't talk about economics and making money or not making money without talking about amazon (laughs) well we could because we could just move on right now and not talk about amazon but yeah i get what you're saying i think i think you're trying to say we shouldn't mike yeah (laughs) no i mean we can't you just oh can't wait i'm gonna move on so the others i want to talk about cat i need to go and get are you're you right. going through a tunnel, Nick? Are you're you, right, Mike. I, are I you can't, breaking up with us? I actually can't go on with a different story until we talk about Amazon. You're just, right. I'm sorry. Do go you ahead. see what I mean? I'm glad we're on the same page here. <laughs> well, we are. I tried talking about something else and it just didn't work. Yep. <laughs> so Amazon. Amazon. They're the perennial con- consistently losing money every single year, but being one of the most popular and highest revenue generating yeah companies in the world 
They are the cold fusion of tech companies. <laughs> they are routinely just around the corner from being profitable. <laughs> Is it even just around the corner? I always thought it was fairly deep in the hole every year. Right. But it, they're, they're still around. cold fusion research, really. <laughs> so, yeah, they, maybe they are closer to cold fusion than we think. But yeah. it's, uh, I don't know. Is it sustainable? Are they going to be around? So like how does I don't understand how this is working. Mike. Yes. Real time follow up here. Okay. In 2015, Amazon did make a profit. What? But then their shares went way down at the beginning of 2016. <laughs> and so who knows, but they they <laughs> did. They were like perennially in the red and then overall in 2015 they did make a profit. If you if you Google Amazon profits as I just did cuz I was thinking about this. Okay. 2014 all the article titles are why amazon has no profits and why it works right. and then all the 2015 stories are um amazon's big, biggest profit ever is not big enough and get used to amazon being a profitable company and then january 29th of this year amazon shares tumble as profits fall short so like their profits aren't good enough which ties back into right. the whole thing we were saying before even if they're making a bit of money if they don't meet expectations of growth then right. they're gonna as soon as you hit profitability everyone's like why aren't your profits bigger this time? Whereas they've been losing money and investors that's love also, them for years. That's just the nature of the stock market itself. The it's stock crazy. market isn't actually based in any reality whatsoever. Yeah. It's simply what people are willing to pay for yeah. that thing right, right. now. Yeah. yeah. It's like a couple months back when oil first dipped below $40 a barrel. Right. And the sun, the stock price for Suncor just took a nosedive. And I looked at it and went, huh. That is not based in reality whatsoever. No. <laughs> like the, the plunge it just took is just people freaking out. Yeah. I should buy Suncor stock. And then I didn't because I looked into it more. And then it came back up. And one of us is a jerk, guys. One of us is a jerk and it's not you two. <laughs> <laughs> That's reassuring. No. If uh, coming, coming back to Amazon and yeah. just stock markets in general – from my observations, more on the energy side of things, but it seems like the, my understanding is the company releases their projections or their forecasts for profit and whatnot, and stock the stock market responds accordingly, saying, yeah, that sounds good. Okay, I'll buy some of you. Or they'll panic, say, oh, not good enough for me, and then they'll sell, right? Mm. And then that's when it drops. So they're playing that fine line of making forecasts that are just good enough to keep people invested, but low enough to actually be reachable. So you, there's that crossing point, right? Yeah. So in, in Amazon's case, if they projected a profit, but like you said, the profit wasn't high enough, it fell short of their expectations. That shows, okay, well, maybe there's uncertainty and there's lack of, you know, management to actually reach those right. forecasts and whatnot, right? So Amazon either projected too high or they just actually underperformed. We mm. don't. It's hard to tell, but they're playing that game and it's a hard game to play evidently. Like, and I hate to bring it back to Apple, but like I I read a lot about Apple and I listen to a lot of podcasts where very smart people talk about this stuff and they're a good example, like the the biggest uh, company by market cap in the world right now. Their whole thing of not making enough money because the investors have such high expectations they they legitimately sold 
last year in the holiday quarter, they sold seven, like 75 million iPhones in a quarter, which is something like nine per second all the time for three months. In the last most recent quarter of this past year, they sold about the same. It was about 75 million again. It was maybe slightly more than last year, but all the investors were expecting them to sell like 5 million or uh, 10 million more. And so they're expecting them to sell something like 12 or 15 iPhones a second. And never mind that they're selling all these phones, like $1,000 each, when other companies to sell in such volumes have to sell really cheap phones. Like Samsung uh, and Xiaomi and LG and all of them, they're, they're, having to, they're selling lots of phones and they're, they have a market share because of that. But the phones that they are selling are the are much lower cost overall than than Apple's. But everyone still says Apple's doomed, and their stock in the last year has I think it's recovered a bit now, but it dropped like I don't know fifteen, twenty, thirty percent over the course of the last year, just because these expectations of insane growth were only like it plateaued one time. And people are saying, oh, you know, now next year it's going to go down. And it, it just seems crazy to me. And like you said, it's, it's all about what people are willing to pay. It has nothing to do with reality. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Like people will just freak out. Yeah. And there was, I forget what book I was reading, but they said that uh, this person, whoever it was, worked in reporting okay and so or no he worked in a a bank or financing whatchama thing Mm -hmm. and so he said basically every soundbite you ever hear on the news about why the tsx is doing this or why said stock is doing that none of it is really reliable Because he said uh, he got a call from a reporter once and said, hey, I noticed XYZ has done this today. You want to talk about that? And he says, hold on, I'll go talk to my manager. Like it it had taken a tumble. Mm -hmm. And so he went to his manager and said, hey, uh, why would XYZ stock have dropped this much today? And the guy looked at him and said, because people sold some stock. (laughs) That's why the price went down. Yeah. And like. That is the only actual answer for why, right. you know, maybe there well, are different root causes, but that's the only actual answer for why a stock price drops. Right. right. Well, yeah, you can get into why people sold and generally it's either news comes out in favor, you know, against the yeah. future of that, the future success of that company. But yeah, like you're saying, it's, it's at the whim of what people do. Really. Right. It, or increasingly now computer algorithms what computer yeah. algorithms are doing yeah, yeah. i mean we, I've, I've seen yeah. i've seen these screenshots of the graphs of the stock price where it dives you know 20% and then jumps back up 20% over the span of like 10 seconds because yeah. of these like microtransactions and these things that that are going on that computers handle yeah. but it fluctuates like crazy over the short term because all these computers are doing the same algorithms all yeah. at the same time. My cousin went to school with a guy who just had his Google finance ticker going. Yeah. And he saw that one stock just, just plunged like 50% or something stupid like that. 
And he looked at it and went, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So he just bought a ton of it or like, you know, looked at what he could afford to lose in his bank sure. account. Right. And just put it right in there. And then the price shot right back up because there was no reason for it to drop. Huh. And made a healthy profit. Not hmm. bad. There, um, I don't know how much you guys have read into stock market stuff, but with all these microtransactions and stuff, there are actually people, and maybe we talked about this in a past episode, there are companies that set up, that have real estate of like banks of servers as close as physically possible to the stock market with fiber lines connected at great cost to them directly to the stock market. So they can trade, like they're they're not only trading in super high volumes by computers, they're actually needing to be physically close because the speed of light means that they need to be a couple of milliseconds away from doing trades at any given time because otherwise the market could explode by algorithm and they wouldn't know about it for a couple milliseconds later and they'd lose billions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> the whole system is crazy. Or there's some like, I don't know, I think I've read about situations where for fairness reasons, you have to slow other people down. So you like coil a bunch of wire and then send it into yeah. the company. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, crazy. To to get the sufficient leg needed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or oh, something. Because, wow. yeah. yeah, screw you, New Jersey, I think is the reason. <laughs> <laughs> have yeah. you guys seen previews for The Big Short? I watched The Big Short. Previews? And it was spectacular. Oh, did you? It, yeah. Oh. Is it good? I've been wanting to see it. I'm still it, watching previews because I haven't seen it. It was amazing. It okay, was cool. just wonderful. Don't watch it with Emma, but <laughs> <laughs> No, it I was think, needless to say, but it. it was yeah. I loved it and they did such a good job of explaining things to you. Okay. Like they would just they would just stop and break the fourth wall. They'd be, you know, engaging in dialogue like this. And they'd say, you might be wondering what we mean when we talk about this. Okay. So here's Harvard, Harvard professor blah, blah, and Selena Gomez to describe this concept <laughs> to you. And then they walk up and they sit at a poker table. It's like, well, I'll tell you, this is exactly like this. Oh, cool. Huh. It's, nice. It really outlines why everything happened just wonderfully hmm. cool. just spectacularly and spoiler alert oh i don't i'm gonna watch it <laughs> it don't do this spoilers. historical <laughs> i was gonna say like you, you know you will... i want to know what happened in 2008 nick <laughs> <laughs> don't ruin it <laughs> you're right Housing wasn't in a bubble, and we're all rich. We're just outrageously, outrageously rich, Mike. Manufacturing didn't tank in the east, and I didn't move west to chase oil wealth. I think it would be our parents that would be rich, not us, but I know. Yeah, touche. So we're not spoiling the big short? No. Okay. No, they don't place a big short on anything. (laughs) Do you know what shorting a stock is? Can we get Justin I've Bieber heard, and I, I don't Selena know Gomez? Yeah, no, I've 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 heard of the term shorting. I don't okay really know what it means. I'm All assuming right. they explain it. Yeah, they do. Yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, um, 
where does that leave us? Do you guys want to wrap up and then do an after show where we talk about some of the other stuff we yeah. had planned? I think so. Okay. So Perfect. where did we land on this whole thing? Did we did we have a objective to this discussion? My objective was to try Venting. to see what what the economics of tech companies actually mean. And I think that I've gained some insight into they mean nothing. And it's okay that I don't really pay any attention to them any further. Because it's all kind of, it's all just a game anyways. And nobody's really winning. Except tech companies. There's the proverbial bubble. Mm -hmm. And as far as I can tell, or as far as I've heard, the bubble's still growing. Yeah. And we'll see how resilient that bubble is. But I guess just like the housing bubble, the tech bubble is apparently supposed to burst at some point. Mm-hmm. I, but. I will jump in here and say that uh, my grandfather was not bitten by the 1990s tech bubble burst because he looked at a lot of the stocks and he looked at the price to earning ratio and went, no, right? there's no way that is not worth my money. Sure. Yeah. By gum, he was right. So yeah, it's something to keep in mind for people looking to get into the the industry and to get into kind of investing is these things come in cycles and you can't nothing is gonna really surprise someone who's seen it all before. So yeah. if you look at history, you'll yeah. have a pretty good idea what's gonna happen next. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Did I tell you guys I picked up investing as like extremely small stakes investing as a hobby yeah i think you guys yeah. must know about it yeah 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 second cup and whatnot suncore that didn't happen <laughs> yeah i just don't have the money to actually play around with it right now right but. yeah so uh in that case i'll thank you all for listening to this week's future chat we'll be back next week with more science and tech talk and you can find everything else about the show uh, and much more from other shows at unwindmedia.com and this show is at unwindmedia.com slash future chat see you next time bye ciao okay uh now that that is over with mike you have some mobile stuff to talk about i do there's a I don't know. They're they're not big stories, but I thought they're sure. they're interesting things to talk about. Uh, I was seeing a story about Comcast, who is apparently fairly uh, notorious in the states. Yes, I don't have direct experience with them, but I'm familiar enough with their practices and services that yeah, they're not generally looked uh, happily upon. I guess oligopolistic they're, is the right phrase. A which oligopolistic oligopolist. Yeah, sure. They. Uh, they're they're offering gigabit internet, which I'm assuming is actually you know a thousand megabits per second speeds. Yeah. I I don't know how loosely they use the term gigabit. But no, it is okay because yeah. I know broadband is very loosely used. I don't know if gigabit's the same, but so if gigabit internet is is a thousand megabits per second, they're trying to compete with Google Fiber in a lot of the markets that they're starting to infiltrate by offering gigabit cable for seventy bucks a month, mm-hmm. and that seems to be in line with what Google Fiber is charging. But the catch is that you need to sign a three-year contract to get that $70 per month. Otherwise, right. you're paying $140 a month and also paying having a 300 gigabyte per month data cap. Right. Whereas the people on contract don't have that cap. So it's, it's enticing 
but it's also very predatory, it seems, because, yeah. you know, contracts, you know, aside from I, – I don't want to make blanket statements, but contracts are generally not a good idea yep. unless they're unavoidable, in which case I guess you kind of have to. Like I think we're in a contract for internet, but I guess until recently there haven't really been off-contract options right. as much, at least not from, you know, reliable or good good services. But it's – uh. And, you know, we're still living with 30 megabit per second, not gigabit internet. I don't right. think anyone's offering gigabit internet up here yet. They are, yeah, in Toronto, a couple of places. Ooh. Rogers. Really? Yeah. Wow. Select neighborhoods, I think, right now. But, yeah, they're rolling it out along with 4K. Huh. That'd be cool. <laughs> gigabit internet. It's expensive. <laughs> Just if FYI. It's 70, if it's 70 bucks, I guess that's 70 bucks American, but... I don't know, 70 bucks a month doesn't seem unreasonable if you'd actually benefit from gigabit internet. I I don't need gigabit internet. This is the uh, Canadian marketplace we're talking about. And yes. we can't just compare prices, unfortunately. No, Not right now anyway. Yeah. Even when the dollar's even, for some reason, Canadian prices are still substantially higher. Yeah. But, uh, how about you guys? As far as internet speeds go... Rob, you have symmetrical 50, right? Uh, we have, yes, yeah, symmetrical 50. And I think Nick and I are both on the 25 bandwagon, I um, think. Or are you 15? I thought we were 30. Okay, it might be 30. Yeah, that would be the 25 that Tech Savvy has. Usually it's 25 or 30 that a company will offer. Yeah. So, yeah, we're on the 25, and that's non-symmetric is 25 and six or seven up i believe that we're getting um but i i really don't need any faster than that aside from the upload speeds i think i could live with faster upload but right you know i'm only uploading really once a week so it's not a huge deal sure but i i don't think unless someone's offering faster internet for the same price or maybe five bucks a month more i don't think i'd go any faster just for the sake of being fast right it's pretty great though yeah like i found we were on telus 15 before and that was painful for any sort of streaming <laughs> or anything like yeah, yeah it was yeah you need at least 25 it seems for for any sort of streaming but i think 25 seems to be a level where i'm happy at so i i don't really think gigabit is would be for me though right. i wouldn't complain if i had it yeah I'm trying to find it. It says it's limited in for Bell at least to the Toronto area for gigabit for Bell, both Bell and Rogers, but the limit to roll out. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what the price is, but uh, oh, 150 a month, Oof. median. Yeah, see, that'd be good if you're like a business and you'd benefit yeah. from faster speeds and- I, i'm sure business customers would probably pay have to pay even more there yeah. tends to be a markup for business services because you need that kind of always on you yeah. know send a tech in half an hour kind of thing yeah but uh yeah so it is a thing uh in toronto downtown toronto and surrounding areas are the focus and then expanding all of toronto and atlantic canada uh by the end of 2016 hoping yeah. to have it I it's, guess all of Canada, all of it Rogers customers by the end of 2016, because do they, is Rogers, like it, Rogers internet is not a thing in Ontario and uh, Alberta, right? It's just Ontario and Atlanta, Canada. 
I feel like Rogers is here. It just doesn't compete as well. Okay. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, Curious. I'm going to look this up. Gigabit internet makes you or lets you stream, like do things like stream their TV service in 4K because it's all digital TV now. So it just comes through whatever you have, whether like our Bell 5 TV is coming through fiber has nothing to do with like a regular cable service. It's it's interesting to note that a, not everyone is a candidate for a gigabit internet because yeah you, well well no because you need cat five e Ethernet to even support yeah those speeds mm-hmm. I mean right? older homes wouldn't have that right and and I've always been curious as how you'd retrofit cat five e or gigabit internet capability in an older home. Like, cause it's all run through the walls. Like, well, the- so I had an apartment in Sandy Hill in Ottawa that had, that was retrofitted. So all the cables were just painted white and like strung in the corners of the room. Okay. That, that's how they retrofitted it for the most part. So that it wasn't in the walls then. Right. In that case. Okay. Yeah. Which is weird. And there, there are some issues where, you know, you can't get a cable to somewhere unless you have it kind of unless you add a cable yourself and you have it just running across your living room. Yeah. There's just I wouldn't a cable consider that retrofitting. Floor. That's just it is I mean, retrofitting, just a very, very really loosely not. defined. You, you could staple it to the wall or something to get out of the way, but we were in university and did not have time for that. <laughs> but yeah. It is a thing, just not very common and not Yeah. Trying to see. I don't know if Rogers is in Alberta. I don't know. I'll have to maybe do follow up with that. It seems like no. If you guys can't find it, I was I looking would, on the Canadian ISP site and they weren't listing it, but they weren't listing Telus or anything either. So I was going to say I tried to find uh, Rogers, but Rogers dot com is not loading for me. <laughs> so <laughs> well, fortunately yeah. for me, it is. Uh, what's okay? What's HSPA plus? It's fake four G. It, it no, and it's four, it's technically defined as four G. Oh, sorry, just, fake 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 LTE. Yeah, sorry. fake LTE. Yeah. And what's yeah. LTE advanced? That LTE advanced, LTE. I believe, has a cap of one hundred and fifty megabytes per second, maybe Bits. megabits. <laughs> uh, and then. HSPA plus, I believe you can get HSPA plus, which has a cap of 21 megabits per second. Whereas there's also dual carrier HSPA plus, which has a, which is dual stream and gets you 42 megabits a second. But then LTE is 150. Okay. So so a lot of companies offer, they say they have LTE, but they really mean HSPA plus. Right. Okay. Cause I'm looking at, I was going for the fiber coverage, but it ends up that I'm just looking at Bell Mobility's coverage map. Right. And it's incredible. Alberta is either LTE with LTE advanced around major urban centers like Medicine Hat, Lethbridge, Calgary, Red Deer, Edmonton, etc. And then Saskatchewan is entirely HSPA+. With little pockets of regular LTE around major urban centers. Yeah. It's just, I'm completely looking at a political border here. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. 
I'm pretty sure Sastel built out most of the infrastructure in Saskatchewan and they loan it to Rogers in exchange for getting the vice, the opposite happening in the rest of Canada. Because that sounds about right. Only one company has built out infrastructure in in most areas, except maybe Ontario being the exception. Hmm. And everyone just kind of piggybacks off it. So real time follow up, Rogers does not have a home, yeah, home internet. It doesn't. I'm I'm seeing the same. Yeah. Which makes sense. They have wireless mobile internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't Which think is, I can get. Uh, we can't get internet from yeah. Bell. I wonder if that means that Alberta is not going to get the Fido internet then because Fido was using the Rogers yeah, maybe infrastructure. Not. So they probably won't then, which is disappointing because that looked intriguing. Yeah. But uh, you can't win them all. Nope. Not with that attitude. You can't. <laughs> no. So uh, um, what else did you have, Mike? I had another interesting story, which isn't really surprising to me, but I guess I'm, I have never used a family account where multiple, a share authorized, share account yeah, or shared, family yeah account. shared account. Yeah. yeah. Where you have multiple users pay on the same bill, but they're all authorized users, I guess. And there's a story where, you know, the, obvi- the characteristic parent look, checks the bill and is, you know, thousands of dollars and turns out the kid, made a bunch of charges yeah in this case they were on a family shared account where the child the minor was a authorized user and they have the data caps where or the data charge caps where it's 50 bucks and then you have to give consent to have more otherwise Mm -hmm. your data shut off but it turns out that even minors that so bell and tell us were the two that they said they allow anyone on a family share plan, including minors, to lift the cap and unblock data as simply as by typing yes in a text message. Yeah. So that's what happened in this case where this minor was an authorized uh, user on the family share plan and authorized the charges that turned out to be $1,700. Right. And the mom or the parent was complaining and the CRTC forced them to refund the charge because that was ridiculous. CCTS. They're the they're the group that actually kind of deals with the, oh, the complaints okay. against or complaints for consumers and whatever in telecommunications. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so they had them refund the data charges because that was crazy. But I don't know enough about these accounts to know if it's the kind of thing where you know miners just are able to be on the account but not be authorized to make the uh, data charge consent. Yeah. Which to me would make sense that on the account you should be, no, I'm the only one that should do that because right. I'd, I'd feel the same way. But I, I don't know if there's measures in place to allow for that. Right. The, so there's a number of th- of aspects to this story that are kind of up in the air, like they're open questions. Yeah. But the majority of the the issues come from the wireless code of conduct that was put in 2013, which we've talked about a number of times, uh, and how once something like once that regulation is put in all the companies are going to do is come up with a loophole that makes them a still be able to make money and b not be restricted in any way or not not being forced to give away services that they're not they're not fully intent on on giving away and so there's a couple problems with this story 
and they highlight some of the weaknesses of the wireless code of conduct. So first of all, the whole point, the reason that people wanted non-restrictive overage charges, like the basically the inability for you to su- be surprised by a bill for thousands of dollars, is that if you go over your data, it shouldn't be ridiculously expensive to get more data. Mm-hmm. But because of the way the law was written, the code of conduct was written, there's no language about not being able to charge ridiculous overages that... The, what they ended up doing is just putting a thing in place of, oh, you know, oh, of course, we'll let you know if you go over your cap and shut off your internet for you if you don't want to pay us more. The other problem is that, yes, of course, nobody wants to spend more than $50 on internet overages. But if you do want to do that, you say yes, and then suddenly it doesn't matter. They can charge you no right. matter as much as they want. There's because no, you gave consent. Yeah, there's not yeah. a warning after every right. uh, $50. $50. There's a warning after to say, oh, yeah, I don't want this ever again. Now, there's a third aspect, which is the whole thing of um, someone who's not the account holder being able to approve this. And so they're saying that the companies like Bell, Telus, Rogers, they all have this policy in place where everyone can can consent to the charges being added. And they're saying at least one company said, Oh, you know, it's in case of emergencies. If someone needs data to be turned back on, they need to be able to quickly and easily get access to data. And I get that, of course. If if there's an emergency situation and you need this, uh, they should be allowed to to turn it on. But that shouldn't be a global. Yup, this is fine. Continue. Charge me as much as you need to for the rest of the month. Yeah. And the 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 whole thing is that. The wireless code of conduct hasn't done anything to stop uh, tech companies from making more money and or charging people for like an excessive amount for services. And this is something that they actually are planning on looking back into. The CRTC are planning on looking back into the wireless code of conduct, seeing if these things are loopholes, if they're actual problems, how they can address them. But the whole the whole issue is that the wireless code of conduct hasn't done anything to give customers fairer plans, just given uh the lawyers of wireless companies interesting challenges in finding ways to get around all the things that have been put in place honestly sorry i'll let you say something nick because i saw you use the talking stick but the the whole thing is that users have the ability to control it on their end through their phones they do yeah right so and i think that's what i'd recommend to anyone whether it be an individual or a parent of a child or whatever is have these measures in place for your own sake, so that your phone, you know, it automatically turns data off after a certain gigabyte limit is reached right. over a certain period or whatever. And if it is an emergency, then you just flip the switch back on, use it, turn it back off. And mm. then you don't have to trust your your provider to be making that switch for you. Yeah. That's what I think. I had nothing to say. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it might have been me that actually used it. But oh, okay. I, I, I said what I wanted to say. But okay. so, yeah, this makes me think of a, another thing. This reminds me of a story that I saw that Mobile Server published a while back uh, on March 1st, which is that TELUS is TELUS's response to this whole situation of uh, people wanting to be able to block data usage for their like to not be charged excessive amounts. Uh, I'll put a link here. They they implemented a policy uh that will let customers 
block data, uh, like the account holder can turn on or off data for any of their the devices on their share plan for only $2 a month. You can block data for any any phone you want. <laughs> right. And like, come on, you're charging me more to have selective access or not access to, to data. It's all just something that happens through the app. Uh, you can do through the app or you can call or whatever. It wasn't, it's insane. wasn't the whole idea that the two bucks allows the picture like MMS messages through as well. So like, does that not cover the cost of the MMS messages? The, the plan includes unlimited picture and video messaging and whatever data you have. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. They're totally oh, so, separate services. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I figured they used, but I don't know if they double count the data for those, but okay. I would be very surprised if they double count the data. And on another hand, I would not be surprised at all if they double count the data. <laughs> they absolutely should not. And so if they right. do, that's a travesty. But yeah. Right. I, <laughs> my favorite thing about these these stories. Uh, so uh, in the mobile syrup story, they go through the whole thing of, you know, it can cost two extra dollars a month. Uh, they say that the quote is from TELUS. Uh, the, the feature provides customers with peace of mind and cost control, preventing accidental data usage at paper use or overage rates. Uh, and it says the change will not affect customers that already have the data blocked at the network level, which is what we were talking about. And then the last line of the article, TELUS recently reported its Q4 earnings recorded $3.2 billion in revenues with 8.5 million subscribers. It's just like, yeah, they're already making money hand over foot. You don't need to nickel and dime your customers. You're just alienating. And like like we mentioned, there's churn. And so Rogers has similar policies. Bell has similar policies. And customers just flip-flop around between them. But there's no real choice. Annoying. <sighs> On another note, the... Uh Telus's overages for their home internet is actually fairly reasonable, and it's at the point where I'm okay going over because right. I'm better off paying the overage, which is five bucks for the first fifty gigabytes, and then ten bucks for the next fifty. Yeah, I'm I'm okay paying that versus going up to the next level of plan right. where it's fifteen bucks per month every month. Yep, versus just paying the overage when I need to. And I'm still coming out ahead because I'm saving money by not having to pay that every month. And yeah. every time I go over, I get an email or a phone call saying, hey, we noticed that you're you know, using your data. That's good. Maybe you want you know, a higher data cap. And it's like, no, I'm okay. Like, no, yeah, this, I'm fine. This, I, like, and like, they want you to go to the next level, but the overages aren't high enough, thankfully, yeah. to actually make me want to go to the next level. Right. Are you sure? Are you sure <laughs> you don't want to pay them more money? Are you they would positive? love that. <laughs> I think yeah. we'd all be a lot happier if you just paid them some more money. But see, they probably get a lot of people like that. Where it's like, hey, we noticed you're using an extra 50 gigabytes. Did you know that our next level includes that data? And like, oh, wow, yeah, that's a great deal. Sign me up. <laughs> when they don't realize if you actually look at your data use that, you know, at least in our case, we're not over every single month. So it doesn't right. make sense to pay for it every month. Mm-hmm. If yeah. we were going over it every month, then sure, like it actually would make sense. But yeah, in our I, case, af- after like we talked earlier about the whole free thing and how that psychologically is is limiting when someone tries to charge you for something after. I feel the same way about mobile data. Like we can talk about home internet all we want and how that's reasonable, but mobile data overages are insane. Yeah, and I can't imagine going to a limited data package because I would feel like 
I would just never want to use the internet because I would be so worried about going over. And at the point, like if you want to get one gigabyte of data for uh, like a, a mobile share plan, it costs about $10 per gigabyte at the very low end when you when you get one gigabyte but once you get up to the they have plans that are like 15 gigabytes and it costs like 90 dollars for 15 gigabytes which works out to much less than 10 dollars a gigabyte but if you are at that 15 gigabyte plan and you hit a 16th like you spill over into the 16th gigabyte it's back up to six or to ten dollars a gigabyte even if you're only paying something Mm -hmm. like uh, like six dollars a gigabyte on average for at the at that plan level overages still cost you the full amount so there's no there's no benefit like nobody is going to go and use 30 gigabytes if it's only going to cost maybe 10 or 15 dollars a month extra because it doesn't cost that much extra it costs another if you wanted to use an extra 10 gigabytes it's 100 extra dollars no matter whether you have a huge plan or a tiny plan there's no incentive to use to use a lot of an unlimited resource there's no there's no maximum amount of data that can be sent through the network, or at least there is. If there is, we're nowhere near it. If there is only a wireless service that build data on a sliding scale, depending on how much data you use. <laughs> but it's, it's then it's too still bad expensive. that's a fantasy world, Mike. Too bad. I wish, you know, even if Google released a service yeah. like that, that would be amazing. That seems, that seems like something Google would do. It, it they're, does. They're a pretty but solid company. Hopefully one day we'll see that. Mm-hmm. The the only thing that I have with Google Fi is that they're still not addressing the actual problem, which obviously they can't because it's not their network. But it still costs ten dollars a gigabyte to use Google Fi. If it cost a more reasonable amount, I think it would be a lot more enticing. Like if they if they had a plan, like there's so many examples of this, but where you have say you charge ten dollars a gigabyte, but then at once you hit worth of extra data or worth of data at whatever amount just let it be unlimited like why are you limiting people at that point because people abuse it but there are obviously abuse limits that should be addressed i'm not saying there there aren't and but the 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 problem is when a cut when a company puts out an unlimited quote-unquote data plan and then if they find out that someone used 300 gigabytes of mobile data in a month their response is oh let's not offer that plan Mm -hmm. whereas what they should do is say oh you know reasonably you could only be you would only be expected to use say 100 gigabytes but they don't go from 300 down to 100 they go from 300 down to two and then at that point they're alienating a bunch more customers here's here's what i want okay you buy data in buckets Mm -hmm. so say 100 gigabytes for 50 bucks Mm -hmm. right maybe 50 is a bit low say 70 bucks for 100 gigabytes and if you don't and and that bucket doesn't expire you just buy that data Mm -hmm. and so i guess it's just pay as you go kind of in that sense yeah it is but but the company shouldn't care if, nope. because they've already got the money that they've they've allocated that data for you so if you don't buy any data for the next three or four months then that should be fine yeah but but you're you're being benefited by buying that data in bulk ahead of time yeah and that's allocated to you that's money spent so and you just use it like there's there's no reason to say you know and i guess the next best thing would say 
you know, you buy 20 gigabytes for a month, you don't use it all, it rolls over, mm-hmm. but, you know, you still have to pay on a per month basis. I don't know. There's, I think that that tiered way that you're saying, you know, the first 40 gigabytes or first $40 and then after that is either unlimited or a lower rate or something. Right. But yeah, I that, think that's all I there's, want. There's something better than what's being done now. Right. Like a like a, the the system of income where like there's tax brackets. Right. Where you're only charged like the first 10 gigabytes used is $10 a gigabyte and then the next 10 gig dollar 10 gigabytes is like $5 a gigabyte and then the next Whatever. 10 is like yeah. 250 a gigabyte. There should be a, a discount if you use a ton of data. Right. Uh, yeah, there there's a bunch of different ways they could do this and, and the fact is they just have no interest in doing that because they're making money the way they are doing it. They have no incentive to change. Unless everyone gets on a, a good plan or stops using data or, or you know, whole city Wi-Fi becomes a common thing. Which we which, were promised a long time ago and never really happened. <laughs> I don't know. Shaw's doing a pretty good job out here. I don't know about in Ontario. Of whole, like, Wi-Fi? Well, maybe not open on the street, but in... Shaw's basically not in Ontario. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. So I, I don't know if Ontario has a similar type setup, but... How, what is in, it? You basically just log into open access points in various buildings where it's set up. That it's are called Shaw's? Yeah, it's called Shaw Go Wi-Fi. Oh, they have that with... Or they used to have that with uh, Bell and Rogers, I think. Bell has that with... They have certain partners, like I think McDonald's or something. Right, yeah. But it's not... There's no consistent network naming across different brands. Like they're all... Yeah, like the McDonald's Shaw, has right. McDonald's Wi-Fi. Yeah, so the Shaw ones are all labeled the same. They're all Shaw Go. Right. And then... So if you set up your phone to access it, no matter where you are... If there's a Shaw Go hotspot, then it will connect to it sure. just automatically. Which, yeah, I, I agree. There, there should be some system of that widespread right. in at least the major urban centers. Yeah. All right, you guys have anything else you want to talk about? We we went for an hour and a half again, inadvertently. <laughs> That's pretty I'd good. like to briefly state how uh, disappointed I am with mobile phone plans <laughs> yeah phone you have a story from this week payment structures and everything yes. yeah did you make a decision yet <sighs> no also the reason i haven't officially like moved to uh alberta in the eyes of kudo anyway <laughs> is that for the same price they give me literally half the data okay and in it's alberta. only in Alberta, it's only right now that they're offering a sweet promotional deal in which they give me exactly what I have right now. Okay. But, I mean, when I signed up, um, it was it's 60 bucks a month, unlimited Canada-wide talk and text, and two gigs of data. Right. Which is usually what I need. I think mm-hmm. I might have gone over once. But it's not a big deal. Yeah. And they also had the Kudo tab. So every every month, 10% of your bill went into your tab. And so I've now paid off the last phone I had, and I'm accruing a positive tab. Positive tab, as I've found out, is capped at 150 bucks because they don't want you to just not spend money with them. Sure. But yeah, I looked at, they had a 
we'll call it a quote unquote deal to <laughs> appease you guys. But you know, zero dollars for a Nexus five and you pay an extra three bucks for 18 months in my mm. situation, which I looked at and was like, yeah, that sounds great. Except when I, because it was an onla- online only deal, I went to investigate further and they're like, by the way, if you do this, you won't be accruing a positive tab. You will never accrue a positive tab again. I'm like, oh, okay. Huh? <laughs> Say what now? <laughs> so I went in and talked to them about it and I'm like, so yeah, what's, what's the deal here? Part of the reason I haven't, yeah, switched over is data, but now I'm looking at it like, okay, so I could switch my phone plan over to an Albertan like plan, whatever. Mm. That would be great. But then I'm not earning 10%. Uh, I'm not earning the 10% towards my tab. Right. So I'm essentially breaking even when you include the sales tax difference. Okay. So you're, you're so, still being charged the HST as opposed to just Alberta is 5%. Yeah. Well, Alberta is also harmonized. I'm being charged the Ontario HST. Right. Ours is but, I'm also, but the provincial part's zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's why it's harmonized because it was yeah. super easy to do for us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm basically netting the same. And when I asked them about it, they're like, yeah, we don't actually build the cost of the phone into the price of the plan anymore. And I was like, are you, are you saying that operations have gotten more expensive in the yeah. last two years? Really? Mm-hmm. seems like everything should be getting cheaper because it's all more mature technologies right but they still again like we talked about they still have to make more money than they did last time we want more money so okay back up there you're saying the tab plans are now not linked to an individual phone is that what they're saying Ish. i don't understand you like the other thing is so when you buy a new phone yeah. It used to be that they just they put your tab into the negative and you would pay it off yeah. X amount every month based on what your plan is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now if you buy a if you buy a phone, it's like, okay, so you have to sign up for one of our data plans and then add this percentage of the bill every month. Or and then add this much every month. Mm-hmm. So it's like to get to get oh, okay. a zero dollar nexus 6p or something like that it's you have to be one on one of our expensive plans and then add 25 bucks a month yeah okay and it's like no (laughs) seems like a terrible idea yeah (laughs) i mean the price goes back down once you've paid for the phone but like right i just i don't get it yeah so did you propose what we suggested where you're like, I'll take your deal, but for a different phone. No. Or, or are they going to just take away? It's an your online only anyway? deal. So what am I going to do? Like, yeah. who am I negotiating with? The website. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down with the website, offered a glass of scotch, and so pretty sweet deal you've outlined for me. It just stares. It just sits there glowing. Sure, negotiator. I see. <laughs> Playing hardball. Yeah. So I don't. I'm right. in somewhat your guys' position now in that I don't want to change my plan 
because I feel like I'm taking a step backwards. Yeah. If I oh, do. oh, so you'd have to change your plan altogether, not just the tab aspect, but even the cost of the plan is going to change. Yeah, basically. Because yeah, there'd be a new price structure. I mean, uh, there's also the effective change in the cost because you're not earning whatever loyalty rewards they call it. Right. Right. But like, so but so you have to actually pick a new plan to sign up with if you take this deal. Yeah, if you take the zero dollar deal, yes. I got really lucky with mine. Unless I, because I can just use my tab dollars to pay for the phone outright. Right. That's my other option. Right, I guess. Which is probably what I'm going to end up doing because, <laughs> geez. But then you're just bringing the phone down to the price that it actually should be if you bought it outright altogether. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I can't find another place where I can buy the phone brand new for less. Now that the Google store has discontinued it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's the five. I would have to buy the 5X, which I don't really want to spend the money on, particularly considering that the Google store, I believe, is in American dollars. You, there is a Canadian one, but it's a bit more on that. You okay. could you could check out OnePlus because they offer similar price as the Nexus Five was, and they're also very good. But if you're not if you're not ready to spend that much, like two or three hundred dollars outright, then probably not for you. Hmm. And so yeah, yeah. it's like Amazon has Nexus Fives for about three hundred bucks. So you're actually not too bad going with the three sixty that Kudo has. In that I get my tab off. Yes. And I'd only yeah. be paying two sixty. Yeah. Hmm. What a stupid system. <laughs> you guys happy to leave it there for this week? I think I so. mean I'm not happy, but we can leave it here. Well yeah, I mean none of us are happy with it, but it doesn't mean the world can't keep turning. Well, I'm glad that there's solidarity here, guys. Yeah. I'm glad you finally have seen, I guess it's not the light. Have you finally seen the darkness? <laughs> I was happier before. I know. <laughs> did I did I tell you that one of the guys at one of those phone booth kiosks in the mall tried to buy Maria's plan? Off I yeah, that. you did. It's yeah. like, yeah. what was it, 200 bucks they offered? And I don't you were know. Like, it was- it's worth way more than what you're <laughs> offering. It was not enough. <laughs> I don't even know what I'd sell my plan for. Like, I yeah, just, you'd have to subsidize like sixty dollars yeah. a month over the next five years, ten years. Like, who knows how long they'll let you be grandfathered? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's. I'm wondering for next case, like, as they're saying, they'll take away your positive tab accruement. Or is that going to happen anyway? Do you think? Like with Fido, they just took it away. Yeah, Fido just took it just, away. You still earn. I still earn Fido dollars, but it's like five percent and. If I signed up for a new plan, I wouldn't get $500 at all. I don't know. Like, as they're saying it right now, because I, I asked, if I just buy the phone using my tab, can I still accrue positive tab later? So like, yeah. Like, it doesn't change so long as I don't do something different. Right. right. Huh. Okay. Uh, well, uh, in that case, we'll leave it. We'll sign off for now and and... We'll let Nick stew and decide, and you can report back what you decide on. Yeah. If any of our listeners have suggestions, let us know. Tweet us yeah. or 
I don't think we have an email, but or we have an email. Mail it. Do fu- we? <laughs> no, it's uh, futurechat <laughs> at unwindmedia.com. I don't think we've ever given that email out. We have not. This is the first, <laughs> the go. world first. If you've made it this long, you are a lucky listener and you've heard the email you can reach yes. us at. Wow. I will say, if also on, the, on that note, customer, or not customers, uh, listeners, <laughs> <laughs> oops, Freudian slip. But also <laughs> if you, uh If you have a new Tesla or even lightly used Tesla, you're willing to trade for my unlimited plan, I will sell my unlimited plan to you. Not one of those stupid tech, uh, Tesla 3s that's coming out next week or being in, unveiled next week, but I want a real, you know, Model, Model S, P90 or S90 or whatever it is now. I want a real Tesla. 